some secrets want to come out, but what's known can't be unknown. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Coruscant Nights. Tonight, I'm joined by Nikki Smetters again, playing Carp. Hello. How's it going? Oh, you know, pretty good. Pretty good. How's Not Carp doing? doing? Hold up How's... in here. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Carp would just, I, I don't know if she'd be like thriving in this time or if she would be, I mean, maybe she'd be in her natural element, just hold up in her apartment and constantly mm -hmm. on the internet. Constantly on the internet. I'm sure she'd have lots of uh, conspiracy theories. She'd have lots of opinions, that's for sure. Uh-huh. So what's Carp been doing? It's been a couple weeks since we've seen Carp. Has it? It has. Um, what is, is um, the most recent Carp episode? Uh, the two... Oh, that was a Christmas episode, right? Yeah, there was there was um, your experience with the two small space bunny cats, the Kushiban. The less and... we speak of that, the better. <laughs> we followed that up with, ooh, there's something I need to add to your character sheet. Uh-oh. Because for Life Day, those Kushibans gave you a thermal detonator. Oh, that's right. I have a thermal detonator now. You know, it's probably a better thing that I have that than that they have that. Yeah, well, we'll see how we'll see how this goes. <laughs> no, no, come on, it can't be that hard to agree with me about that. But no, my career is diplomat. That, yeah, that was your first. Your first was diplomat. That doesn't sound like Garp. Diplomat agitator. I like that you. <laughs> yeah, I like that you loved Asian weight blank, but height is very tall. <laughs> it's the important one, right? Little notable features, her height. Okay, so the thing about a thermal detonator, I just want to warn you, it does a lot of damage. Like, I've seen Star Wars, I know that. Yeah, but they never actually use one. Mm, but the threat is there. Okay, yeah, so the last time we saw Carp was a life day, which she spent with Snoober and went home to find a package of a thermal detonator and a cardboard cutout of, I think it was Dirk Burton. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have him with, although do I? No, because you've moved. I've moved. Again. Even though, if I, I'm now remembering that that was also a new apartment in that episode. <laughs> well, you know, it got compromised. Yep. You spent a little time in Little Andoran, and where is Carp hanging out now? Carp is hanging out in her brand new old Winnebago, like, silver Airstream type trailer but it's it, like it moves around it glides around like a little land speeder but it's her little camping trailer it's fitted to the nines with all kinds of tech junk and it's like like the trailer of every psycho who's ever sat in the new mexico desert watching for ufos and she's in it right now as it <laughs> slowly glides down dac avenue searching as it happens oh wait no are we doing the ufo thing still you can do a UFO thing if you want. It only makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I guess all ships are UFOs to her. Keep going. Uh, maybe you're searching for extra galactic intelligence. <laughs> right. Extra, extra galactic. Well, you know, she monitors the deep space frequencies. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has been a few days since the Battle of Coruscant. The area that you're floating through right now is not in the best shape. You used to live on Dak Avenue. If you're looking outside the windows, which I know are 
tinted with one-way mirrors. They are they are they are tinted at ten percent above the legal grade for tinted windows. And since it's a an airstream, there are also curtains. Yes, they're flowered. But if she was looking out the window, she would see a devastated portion of Coruscant. Um, buildings were damaged in the battle, and there is still a big old ship spanning Dak Avenue. And let's roll our destiny pool. Right. Wow. Ooh. Four light side points. So, here's the thing about those four light side points. Nope. There is no thing about those four light side points. They're all mine and they can't be flipped unless I flip them. Do you know, you do know about the thing we're doing called Donate for Destiny. Oh, you might have told me, but my amnesia has kicked in and I don't remember. So we're doing this thing where people can donate to an organization called Child's Play. And what Child's Play does is they provide toys and games for kids in hospitals and in domestic abuse shelters. And we've set it up so that if somebody donates $4, we get to add a light side point to the pool. Wow. If somebody donates $10, they get to choose whether the pool is all light or all dark. And guess what? No! AJ donated. You you curse a generous person, you. AJ donated (laughs) and he said, hey... Let's make them all dark. And when I told him that we were going to use them in a carp episode, he said that he was very happy that we, <laughs> we've made this decision. I, you know, honestly, I'm happy because you're more liable to use them than I, than I will be. Thank you, AJ. <laughs> yeah, thanks, AJ. And we're going to read his message at the end of the episode. Just, just a nice message, too. So carp is floating in her Airstream slowly floating down Dak Avenue, doing some research on the bank of monitors in the back of her right. vehicle. I don't really need to steer it because it's like it's like a big Roomba, you know? It just kind of gently bounces into stuff and just ricochets like, <laughs> <laughs> the other direction. What are you researching right now? I am researching the possibility... Oh, um, Ul Skazborg. He, he's like, um, okay. <laughs> I thought you'd be happy I came up with a Star Wars name for once. You did. I'm just surprised. It's a good one. <laughs> Old Skazborg is a mysterious creature who lives in one of the lower levels of Coruscant. Not one of those iridescent guys. It's completely different Bigfoot type. And I'm investigating the possibility whether he might be, like... An amalgamation of ten different species. He is escaped it... from one of the Republic labs. Old Skazborg? Like, old? Good yeah. old Skazborg? Old Skazborg. <laughs> he, um, my personal theory is that he's been cloned using the DNA of ten different species by the Republic. Interesting conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not a conspiracy. It's a line of investigation. I see. Cart. <laughs> takes great offense at the word conspiracy. Good theory. Thank you. How about that? I thought so. So the Airstream is floating floating along. Down at one end of this avenue, there's this big downed ship. And Carp would know by now. It's been a couple days. But they are slowly um, cleaning up the mess 
And part of that is taking care of this giant ship that has crashed here. Um, they've set up a perimeter of floaty droids with with caution tape, sort of like a holographic caution tape that runs between each of them. And there is definitely a perimeter that civilians are not allowed in right now. And I'm going to flip a dark side point over because Carp's getting a little too close to that perimeter. I, and, you know, the I got so distracted looking at other stuff, the, the Roomba just got a little too close. And she hears a little of a police siren coming from behind her. Immediately sweat breaks out on my, my, I guess, smooth? Scales? Scales? But they're very smooth Car- Your carapace. My carapace, yeah. Yeah. Little beads of sweat. Uh-huh. Extra salty. <laughs> right. And you hear the voice on the loudspeaker through the tin walls of your, your speeder, speeder trailer. I need a better name for my Airstream. I'll come up with one by the next episode. It's still in its infancy. You know, she's gone through so many apartments, she hesitates to name them now because they get shot out from under her. You hear, Palova, you're flying in a restricted zone. I'm, I'm upset with the Airstream's navigation system, but I pull over. This isn't the best part of town to do a high-speed chase. I mean, no. if the Airstream could reach high speeds, which it can't. <laughs> So you pull over, you you turn down a side street and slow down, and do you move? You probably like move to the front of the the airstream. Yes. Uh, I'm imagining that there's like a a curtain between the front two (laughs) seats and the back. (laughs) Yes, and I like sort of throw them open really angrily. And uh, so you move in the front, and as you move, you hear the little ping of a, a message on the. Um, on the message boards, but yes, I have that tab have, open all the time. You don't have time for that right now, because standing outside the window is a clone trooper. The worst kind, also the only kind. He knocks on the glass. I um, <laughs> I roll the window down. It's it's an older Airstream, so it's got is one of those hand cranks. Mm-hmm. So I spin it down to roll down my window. It can't go into space, obviously. Right. It is an atmospheric vehicle only. I'm gonna need to see a license and registration. Now, I pull it out, but obviously I don't like to register things in my name. So it is in fact registered to one of Snoobie's underlings who handles many such things. He he has all of Snoober's licenses as well. And knows Oh officer, I um uh, here, I'm, I'm just returning this vehicle to my friend who is letting me borrow it since, you know, my my much nicer speeder is in the shop for repairs. And I give him the contact information for my burn owner. The... It's got to be something really, really dumb. I think His name? The, yeah, the name on it is um, Chum Chum. Chum Chum? Yeah. Alright, I like you, it. You've met this guy before. He is a Yinchuri. He's sort of big and turtly. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does very well in Snoopy's aquarium setup. And a, a second clone trooper is standing to the back and the first one passes the passes the info and he takes it. Run these for me. You know you're flying in a restricted zone, right? 
No, oh no, officer, I had no idea. I am so sorry. I will turn it right around. Idiot, living under a rock? You can't fly around here. This I'm gonna we we, we may There's need no to rocks give on you Coruscant, sir. <laughs> we may need what to write rock? up a citation for you. I I don't I don't understand why this is happening. This is ridiculous. I had no idea. It wasn't a flagrant violation. How good I was do out you... on a daily drive. <laughs> How good do you think Snoober's computers guy is? So good. <laughs> <laughs> the best. The Let's best see. that Snoobers can buy. Okay. The clone comes back, hands the license and registration to the first clone, who hands them back to you. This all checks out, sir. And he says, you can head back to the cruiser. I'm afraid I'm going to have to write you a citation, miss. I feel like I could sweet talk my way out of this just because I don't really want my name in the records here. <laughs> you want to try? What would you say? <laughs> Do I? Yeah. Can I roll something? Yeah. What, what would you say? Oh, crap. I don't want to have to actually come up with <laughs> what I... Uh, let's see. Well, you know, I bat my eyelashes, which is hard because I don't think I have any eyelashes. And... They're I fake. I say, sir... They're what? Oh, yeah. They're fake. I've got, I've got fake eyelashes just for the purpose of batting. I say, officer, I'm so sorry. And I try to cry a little bit. You know, and people kind of can't really tell very well with Mon Calamari because our eyes are always wet, so it always kind of looks like we're crying a little bit. You know, it might get be a little the sweat. Weepy. Yeah, it might just be the sweat. I'm just crying all over my forehead and my cheeks, but definitely from my eyes. And I say, sir, I'm so, so sorry. I will never do it again. I, I promise I'll go spread the word to stay away from this area. You will never have to worry about me again. Okay, give me a charm check. Alright, uh, let's see. Hey, two yellows and a green. Yeah, charm's one of your good skills that you never <laughs> use. <laughs> that sounds like me. It's gonna be against three purples, uh, and you can have a boost. <laughs> That's a failure with three advantages. Is it? Yep. So he says, uh... How is it a talent if I'm not an <laughs> Those purple dice, they just, uh, they just did their job this time. They do their job every time. They have never not done their job when I roll. The trooper says to you, uh, Nice try, miss. I'm still gonna have to write something up here. You do have three advantages. Do you have any ideas? I'm trying to decide whether or not I would have an alias. Besides the Yinjuri named Chum Chum? Yeah, no, whether I personally have like multiple IDs. I'm sure you do. I probably do. I feel like it's been birthday gifts from Snoober at some point. Yes. Wait, do they have to take my fingerprints or anything like that? Do they have no. any system where they... Okay, mm -hmm. I've got a fake ID I give them. Okay. Yeah, I think for three advantages, you can have a fake ID. Cool. Yeah. Um, the name on it is Mac Urell. Like M-A-C-U-R-E-L-L? -L? Yeah. Mackerel. The... <laughs> I, I can... We're not doing this in person, but I can see your long-suffering sigh. <laughs> the trooper takes the ID and he looks at it, and he looks at you, and he looks at it, and then he swipes it in his data pad and types a couple things in and hands it back to you. All right, Miss Urell, drive safe, steer clear of the downed cruiser. Thank you. I, I absolutely will. In fact, I'm going to... 
back up right now and the, the little like beep beep noises like <laughs> but the, because the, that's the wrong way that's back towards the cruiser oh is it really <laughs> i really wanted to ask the trooper to tell me like <laughs> i wanted to parallel park as i pulled over uh, you, and, you're getting a little close to no, you're getting okay, a little close, close to a clone close cruiser you're getting oh, a little wait, close to a to, clone okay. cruiser put I need foot to on the brake put a foot it's on the brake tell me how many how far it is until i hit the bumper <laughs> you got about three feet and then i remember it's a spaceship Reggie, back the thing without up. wheels and then i can just move it perpendicularly <laughs> Uh, while you're doing that, I would like a vigilance check against two purples. This is to see if you notice something out of the corner of your eye. I have big eyes. I feel like my corners are pretty large. Two threats. Those those purple dice don't like you tonight. When have they liked me? They like you all right in the episodes of the other place that I'm editing. <laughs> it's a different podcast. The dice respond differently. They know it's carp. Yeah, so you pull out from the space that you're in and start heading away from the cruiser. You get it back in its sort of uh, autopilot mode. Do you head back to your computers? Mode. Yeah, Roomba mode. Did you repeat what you just said? Sorry. Well, now I got to come up with the acronym Remote Operated. Uh... Are you trying to think of a reason we can use the word Roomba in the podcast? Uh-huh. Yeah, Remote. Operated orthogonal. Sure. Mobile beep alert. <laughs> sure, you can come up with a better one. Remote operated orthogonal mobile. Something autopilot. I was thinking assistant. It could be a little droid. Well, you don't trust droids. No, so no, 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 no droids. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's why all my windows are hand cranked. It's remote operated orthogonal mobile autopilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. You get the Roomba started and start cruising away from the downed ship. Perfect. You've got a little message on your message boards, a uh, direct message. Well, it doesn't surprise me. I'm very popular on the message boards. I go over and scoot over on my little stool. It's magnetized to the floor so it doesn't roll all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I click on it. Um, it is... A whole bunch of odd information. It's got info on the destroyer, the the ship that's that you were just driving too close to. <laughs> well, how do I know it's about that? Uh, well, I mean, you see a schematic it, of, of the ship. Okay. It shows me a picture. It shows you a picture. <laughs> With an arrow that says, you are here. <laughs> it's got that. It also has information on the pod race that's supposed to be happening. Um, oh, tonight. not my usual thing. Yeah. Not much of a uh, gambler, because they're always fixed. Although, you know, if I knew which one was fixed to win, I could definitely bet on that. But then I think that's just regular betting. The message is from somebody you, you don't know. Their screen name is Neelig99. And little icon next to him is a, like, S-shaped white serpent. Okay. It's about as dramatic as everyone else's icon on those boards. Mm-hmm. It's simple. Mine's it's just a, 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 little, a little white snake on a black background. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I click on the profile to see... I don't really expect to see anything of interest. You actually just see nothing. Yeah. They have not posted at all. 
A lurker. Yep. We have some of those. It looks like the profile was made today. Interesting. I go back and look at all the information. The ship that crashed was a Commerce Guild destroyer. And you also have its course plotted out, which shouldn't really be easy info to find. Um, it's it an looks insider like, job. It looks like it uh, spent a lot of time in the unknown regions, visiting planets... Batu, uh, Krakul, Zakul, and a place called Chelluara. I am passingly familiar with the names of them because some of the nerdier people on the message boards really fixate on the unknown territories. I feel that, you know, Coruscant in its own way is an unknown territory. Okay. It's usually about the length of silence that follows her saying that. <laughs> so along with the information... She just thinks that people are so impressed by what she says that they have to pause for a while to digest it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not just their shock no, they're and awe super at impressed. the things that, that Carp says. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're shocked by the truth of it. Mm-hmm. So along with the information the route of the actually yeah i should i should go back uh included in the info about the pod race is the route of it where around coruscant it is going i mean i don't know why they sent me that i mean i'm not very much of a sports person i don't know what that's got to do with anything it's funny because you usually play yourself what? You usually play yourself, and Carp's not I a sports person. I can't see what parallels you would draw between Carp and me. Mm-hmm. Just, just you saying, I usually play myself <laughs> on half of these episodes. <laughs> I feel like you say that as often as I do. So one thing you notice about this Padres route is that the one place it's not going is Dak Avenue. It's hitting all the other hot spots of the city but not here. Well, didn't you say that Dak Avenue had some damage? Yeah, it's pretty badly damaged. So that's probably why. You also know that the pod race was set up by Chancellor Palpatine as a sort of pick-me-up for the city after the battle. Of course. To of show course. that the I Republic bet it was is set up. <laughs> the Republic is strong in the face of uh, adversity. It's the usual spiel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's his clone delivering it anyway. There is no Chancellor Palpatine. There never was. It's, just, it's like you've got one for every day of the week. It's like you take <laughs> him out of a closet with a speech. They're done. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the info on the Destroyer and the Padres is a an extremely short message, which says, it's just two words. And some punctuation. Pod oh, race? Wow. Distraction? Well, of course it's a distraction to the populace of Coruscant to believe that the Republic is in control and not about to descend into anarchy and chaos at the hand of their clone em- chancellor. What is Carp going to do with this info? Well, she's, you know, I'm, by this point I've kind of drifted on the, the evening tide a few levels down and... I'm the Roomba's kind of like meandering its way down a less crowded avenue, but still kind of bumps into stuff very gently along the way, and it's just drifting. And I'm so I'm almost at peace as I examine this information. 
I'm suspicious of this suddenly appearing because I've been on the internet a while. People send you weird stuff. You know, someone sent me, you know, I can't tell you how many times some weirdo sent me uh, a message that Chancellor Palpatine was actually a Sith Lord. I mean, the stuff people come up with. Um, but I decide to check it out. I cannot, you know, it's, I consider myself to have a journalistic integrity. I must follow the lead. So. I gotta ask, does that fallen ship already have a spot on your holographic conspiracy board? Oh, of course. That's why I'm there. <laughs> what was it you were looking into? Well, did I witness it being part of the large battle? I don't know. Where were you? I feel like I was with snoobs. So mm-hmm. I was many levels down. Yeah. So you would not have witnessed it. So I'm investigating the possibility whether um, the flight towers are intentionally directing ships into the surface of Coruscant. So, do you have a theory about why? I'll come up with one later. (laughs) Facts first, Mark. Facts first. Yep. Then completely sane theory. Yep. It's a thing that happened, so I'm looking at it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so what what is uh what is Carp doing? All of a sudden Carp remembers that she has made friends that are not Afka or Snoopy. (laughs) And decides to go, I decide to go see one of them now. So, let me look up my name I came up with before. I, I spin the wheel on that airstream around, and I putter down ramps and descend through shafts and then ascend through other shafts because that's how Coruscant is designed to prevent rebel uprisings, and I ascend through more shafts, and then I go up some other ramps, and then... I come across a a genteel, refined level. This level is blocked off all on its own. It's got, you know, a traditional fence, steel fence, bars. But above that raises a force field so that it stops speeders and other ships. And as you approach it, you see this... And it's not a holographic sign. This is this sign, this baby was painted. It was painted on wood. And wow. it says, Welcome to Shady Brylarks. And I pull up to the intercom and I press a, uh, a little button on the intercom and the on the name engraved, not a sticker, but engraved next to the intercom button is one Betty Maxwell. Betty. Betty spelled. This is important. You know, I don't think it is, actually. <laughs> I don't think it's important how her name is spelled. Her name is Betty. It's got apostrophes in it. As, as per Mark's request, this name has extra consonants and apostrophes. But for all intents and purposes, those listening to this, it's just Betty Maxwell. And I press that intercom button and it and it has a very fancy dee 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 and all of the people have their own personalized little ringtones i'm not sure why because i'm the only one listening to it and i hear (laughs) i'm I'm staring up and i look down at my screen and mark's just like burying his face in his hands stop doing that (laughs) i'm just Um, listening 
and I hear a refined voice come out through the intercom. A voice that could only belong to Shady Brylarks. Hello? Betty! Betty, it's Carp! Oh, Carp! Oh, I need to see you. I need to talk to you. It's so urgent. Can I please come? Yep, I'm just finishing up my aerobics class. The other ladies will be out of here in just a second. I'm gonna buzz you in. Oh, thank you, Betty. And, um, after a moment, the gates open and the force field... You know, the gates are just for looks. The force field opens and kind of lifts a little bit, just enough so that my my airstream can pass through. And I pass all of these very... You know, they've got a... Um, Oh, what's it called? A neighborhood, the neighborhood watch things that look at your lawns. What, like cam droids? No, it's the um, homeowners organization. Oh, okay. Yes, because these are all uh, condos, but they have patches of Cosmo turf in front to simulate real lawns. Because, of course, they're not quite on the uppermost levels, of course, not where they get natural sunlight. They're pretty close. It's just below um, a place you know as Serrano Heights, which is one of the fancier parts of Coruscant. Right. I mean, this is still quite a retirement community. And, you know, they've all got little, like, pink flamingo-like creatures. Uh, Of course, they wouldn't know what a flamingo was. And Maybe they have, like, lawn porgs. Yes, they all have lawn porgs. Little stone lawn porgs. And they've got little hats. And they dress them up for the season. And... Um, I pull up to one such condo with much nicer Cosmo turf than the rest. I have to say her garden is well tended. All of the little stone porks are clean as a whistle. And I, <laughs> you know, all of the vehicles are these like really, like think 1960s Cadillacs. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> like as I bring my little airstream up the driveway that the it backfires and sends like a puff of smoke up into the air and just like and then when, when I kind of turn it off rather than gliding down gently it sort of falls to the ground and <laughs> rattles everything so yeah Betty's house is is nice and you walk up to the front door and you ring the buzzer and she comes to the door. Uh, she opens it and she opens it and a group of older ladies of various species come walking out with their leg warmers and headbands and uh, exercise outfits. Athleisure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a Wookiee. Yes. <laughs> what would a Wookiee's athleisure look like? Oh, it'd just be leg warmers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, perfect. And then she's got like a sweatband around her forehead. Uh huh. Yeah. See you next week, ladies. Hey, Carp, it's good to see you. Oh, it's it's so wonderful to see you, Betty. I I need to talk with you. Can we can we please go inside? Yeah, come come on in. So we go into her condo, which is very tasteful, um, pretty modern looking. Uh, she's got a nice TV. Make sure that's unplugged. Don't mind the exercise mats. I'll clean it up later. Oh, don't, don't, don't take any trouble on my account. And so, Betty, as you walk in, Betty is a uh, Kamasi. 
She has white fur all over most of her body, and she's got kind of a pink snoot and Aww. little tiny, little tiny eyes. She looks kind of. I love a snoot. Um, it's sort of monkey-like, but so, not quite. I love Snoopers snoot, and sometimes I call him Snoopber. It's somewhere between a monkey and a bird, really. Okay. That and she's got adorable little ears uh, that like scoop up on the sides. And almost like a little raccoon mask. Aww. Yeah, she she lets me. Can I can I get you something to drink? You you want some water? You want some iced tea? Oh no no, I'm I'm fine, Betty. Thank you. I've got you. some bottles. Oh well, oh sure, that sounds great. She runs over to her refrigeration unit and pulls out a bottle of water for <laughs> you. Make sure the seal has not been broken, and then it graciously. So, uh, what's up? Haven't seen you in a while. Oh, Betty. Everything okay? Everything good with you and Snoober? Oh, oh, things with Snoober are wonderful. Everything okay after the the battle? You weren't living in Dak Avenue again, were you? No, I I got out of Dak Avenue. It just goes to show what you know the dangers I was facing in Dak Avenue. My new circumstances are much more mobile, and out like. Just right outside Betty's condo window, you can kind of see like a little last puff of smoke escape the airstream. Backfires just a little. <laughs> and I I was investigating a new line of inquiry today, Betty, and you won't believe what happened. The clone troopers pulled me over. Me. I, I couldn't have been breaking the speed limit. I was probably going three miles an hour. Were you going too slow? <laughs> That's besides the point, Betty. <laughs> they told they uh, arbitrarily drew up this restricted area, and you know, good thing I got out when the going was good because my apartment would have been in the restricted area anyway had I stayed there. But anyway, I just I tell her about you know what happened earlier that day, and you know that I'm investigating that ship. Yeah. She is curious if you're going to look into it and curious about this person who sent you in this information. So the reason I came to Betty. Mm hmm. Oh, what was she? What did she do again? Betty used to work for the RSF, the Republic Security Forces. What did she, she do? She, we didn't decide that. So, um. <laughs> can, I, can it be something like human resources? Yeah. How about now? She, she worked in the basement of the RSF office. She had a little small office in the division that nobody else wanted, um, which investigated odd occurrences and strange crimes. Are you literally just describing Fox Mulder's office in the X Files? Yes. Oh no! Betty you cut would... out. I can't. Yes. I couldn't see a reaction. Okay. It was... Yes. <laughs> Perfect. It's uh, the only person who worked for RSF I would have trusted. She's retired now, after a long <laughs> and illustrious career in the basement. Closed many cases. You know, she, um... How did I meet her? I believe I did meet her through the message boards. Her <laughs> position for the RSF gave her insider knowledge, and she showed great interest in correcting the more enthusiastic members of the boards on their outlandish ideas. But, um, you know, sometimes she could be a little bit blind to what was really going on. I think she has some residual affection for her former employers. You know, a few, a few things that I'm still trying to get her to see the light on. But overall, she's, she's, she's good folk. 
she invites you into her office. So and you kind of just. Does she still have an office? She has. She's got an office in her in her house now. All right. So. You described her. The rest of her house as sort of um, clean and modern. Sure. She's she's with it. Yeah. And her office, as you go in, is a mess of papers and or flimsy papers and string connecting things and she's got a couple computers it's even messier than than afka's space <laughs> see that anyone who saw my airstream and saw this office would be like yeah they're friends so betty says so what do you got for me what's uh what's happening what brings you here i uh i brought my onboard laptop with me uh-huh and i kind of pull it out and begin showing her all of the files that um, this mystery snake person sent me. I show her all the files that White Snake sent me. <laughs> oh, this is kind of strange. What do you think it means? Well, I mean, this uh, Commerce Guild destroyer, you wouldn't... It, it's not been in any battle zones lately. It's been out in the middle of nowhere. Do you think a crew member sent me this? Maybe. Look at these places it's been to. Yeah, it's kind of like the middle of nowhere. She looks through and she sees Batu and the other places. And Sheldawara kind of rings a bell. Do you know anything about this place? Do I? No. I, you know, generally I tend to restrict. This is me talking out loud in character as Carp, my alter ego. I generally tend to restrict my theories to Coruscant itself and the immediate area because I want to do some good in my community and I really want to benefit people's lives in the this home I've made for myself on Coruscant for some reason and really open their eyes up to to, to everything that they've been closing them against so in short most of my conspiracies revolve around Coruscant. Like little moons. <laughs> like little moons. <laughs> Betty asks, So this Neelig99 person thinks this pod race is a distraction. I mean, it obviously is. But what do you think it's a distraction for? Well, I can't... What would they be doing to this ship that they haven't been doing already? If the pod race was set up by Chancellor Palpatine, which it was, or by one this of his true. six clones, then can't he, doesn't he already have the authority to just go there and do whatever he wants already to yeah, the ship? But if he didn't want anybody to see it, what he would he have not them, want them to see? gather in different parts of the city hmm. at night. I'm just not sure what he needs to do in secrecy that he can't just have his droids do out in the open. Hmm. That's a good question. And I, I lean back and I adopt my most, my wisest pose, and I kind of stroke my chin, my thumb and forefinger, and I, I kind of pose, you know, in a way that I often saw in Heights and Depths, where they lean their chin, their fingers, very thoughtfully, yeah. And then Betty, had, like, strikes, like a, a cross-armed pose, and looks down you know, down her nose at the information on the screen. And we hang like that for a second because that's the exact kind of frame that they'd go to commercial break on.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Coruscant Nights. Coruscant Nights is a production of Nightcast Creative. For more information on this and our other projects, visit nightcastcreative.com. Thanks to Nikki for playing on these episodes. Check out Nikki's art at nikkismiters.com. Tonight's Destiny Pool was fueled by Donate for Destiny. Thanks to AJ for the donation. AJ says, It's a dark time for our hero. It seems that in these dark times, it provides the opportunity for heroes to shine the most. Thank you, Coruscant Knights, Mark, and the rest of the Nightcrawlers for making the galaxy a better place in Star Wars and in our lives. We truly appreciate you all. Oh. To find out more about Donate for Destiny and for a link to donate, visit nightcastcreative.com destiny. If you're loving Coruscant Nights, be sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher and visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Nights. Do you want to hear more, Nikki? Are you listening to our other podcast yet? You'll hear some familiar voices telling a story of mystery and swashbuckling action in an original fantasy world plagued by the restless dead. Stay tuned for a preview of The Other Place. Hello, and welcome to The Other Place. The Other Place is an actual play RPG podcast set in a fantasy world on the verge of an undead apocalypse. Join Chauncey, Marta, and Peck as they journey across the continent of Fenrain, solving mysteries, hunting ghosts, and putting the dead back in their graves. And as we turn towards the bar to start eating, I'm going to use my triumph to overhear a conversation next to us. Mm-hmm. And what I hear is two people talking about a haunting. I grab my whip curled up and I go and I use it still curled up and hit her with a cat of nine tails because she's that close to me. Okay, make that roll. It slashes across its chest and starts oozing black from where the cat of nine tails slashed across. It's reaching out its little cracked hands and I I successfully like cut it off at the wrist. Okay, what's the damage on your weapon? I feel as though my life is drawing me to fight against the undead that are popping up all across our world. And there's just something about it that I, I feel I must battle. Join us every other Monday for a new episode filled with suspense, mystery, and adventure. The Other Place is available now, wherever you listen to your podcasts.